You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 272. Are you ready to fight? You know, in society today, and I'm recording this in June of 2020, so if you listen to this in, you know, 2030, you'll be wondering what I'm talking about, maybe. Um, Or maybe it'll be worse by then. Who knows? But we're in a battle. And, you know, people define this battle in different ways. Some people say that we're in a culture battle that culture is shifting. Uh, Some people would say that we're in a battle of ideas, uh, left versus right. Uh, Some people say maybe we're in a a political battle. or um, I mean, you can kind of define it any way you want to, but as Christians, if we read the Bible and if we believe the Bible, we realize that we are in a spiritual battle. Now, this carries over into the natural world. There is no doubt about it. Um, even as I'm, I'm recording this, there's uh, racial tension in our nation. There's political tension in our nation. There's uh, a war against values that Christians hold dearly. And I think we have to understand that before we see these things in the natural, there's something happening in the spiritual realm. And understanding that we're in a spiritual battle really helps define how we as Christians should respond. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote in the in Ephesians 6, this incredible letter to, to the church at Ephesus, and gave them some tools. He gave them some insight. He gave them some instructions on how to respond in situations similar to ours. And you go, wait a minute, wait wait a minute. That was written 2,000 years ago. How could it be similar to our situation? Well, don't go away. I'll be right back and we'll jump into it. Well, all right, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Street Cop. Um, even as a pastor, even as a as I was in school, I spent uh, almost 30 years as a police officer with a large metro agency uh, near Atlanta. Um, retired from that agency and was able to continue in, in ministry and teaching and writing and, and doing all kinds of cool stuff. But during my career as a police officer, um, I had well, really an amazing career. Started in the mid-80s and policed up until uh, 2011. And um, really what I, what I did with the book Street Cop and then ultimately Street Cop 2 was 
I wanted people to get a feel for what it's like to strap yourself into the 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 the, the driver's seat or the passenger seat of the police car and go on some calls with me. Um, to get a feel for what it's like to have to make life and death decisions in an instant. Uh, to get a feel for what it's like to deal with um, really the worst of, of mankind. You know, police officers don't get called um, at 3 o'clock in the morning because things are going good. They're getting called at 3 o'clock in the morning because somebody's breaking into their house. Um, somebody's breaking into to somebody's house. Somebody's been shot. There's been a car accident. Um, so Street Cop is full of true stories from my police career. I don't tell anybody else's story. These are just my stories. Change some of the names, but uh, the, the stories themselves are, are, are actual incidents that I dealt with as a police officer. So if you like, uh, you know, white knuckle type stories where you're just kind of hanging on to your seat for dear life, check out Street Cop. Some of the stories will amuse you, some will probably disturb you, but you'll get a pretty good idea of what police officers deal with day in and day out. So check out Street Cop. All right, well, let's jump back in. Are you ready to fight? The Apostle Paul tells us that we are in a spiritual war. And what he told the Ephesian church really applies to us today. And, you know, many might even question this and go, how in the world could a letter 2,000 years ago apply to us today? Well, let me give you a couple of examples. First of all, um, you know, when we think of uh, the, the, some of the political intrigue that we're dealing with today, the fact that I, that I talked about a, uh, uh, an attack on values that Christians hold dearly, um, this is not new. This is not new at all. The, the church has always been counter-cultural. Uh, the Roman Empire was the dominant force in the first century, and their values were very, very different from those of the Christians. And of course, Christianity was new there. They're still trying to kind of feel their way along and still trying to get it right and figure everything out. But they realized that what Jesus had taught them and the way he lived and the example that he gave was very, very uh, different than the way most people live their lives. And Paul began to um, articulate that. He began to write it down and telling people how to live, whether it was in their morality um, or even in how they treated people. Um, you know, we think of, of, you know, the issue of racism as being something new. No, no, it's been around forever. It's, it's part of human nature. I'm not downplaying it. It's just, um, it's not new. There, there's always been evil in man's hearts. And even in the first century, Paul addressed the issue of slavery and how we're to treat each other. Um, Christianity was illegal in the first century when Paul wrote this letter. Um, just meeting together could be grounds for arrest. The church was not a legal religious organization, so they had to meet in secret. So Paul had much to say and much that we can draw from. And he, he says this, and I'm going to read from uh, verses 10 to 20. I'm just going to read a couple of verses to start off with. Uh, um, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, if you're not a Christian, I just kind of hang with me here. This is what Christians believe. We believe that there is a spiritual world, and if you believe in God, that's not a, a, a difficult leap to make. If you believe that there is a God, that uh, there is a spiritual world, and that there are forces in operation in that spiritual realm. And as we said, there's a war going on around us, and you can call it whatever you want, but Christians believe, and we believe the Bible teaches, that whatever we're seeing in the natural starts in the spiritual. And Paul refers to these, these forces, the schemes of the devil. You know, yeah, there's a devil. He's not dressed in, you know, uh, a red uh, overall with a pitchfork, but there is an enemy. Um, the Bible teaches that he is a fallen angel and that at least for the time, he is exerting some control in what we see on the earth. Uh, Paul mentions spiritual rulers. He said, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So the, the idea here for us as Christians is we have to understand that the people that we see who may have a different point of view than we do, who may actually be attacking us, um, these people are not really our enemy. I mean, they may be in one sense of the word, but, but really there's something going on even behind them. There seems to be something pulling the strings if, if we believe the Bible. And Paul says, understand that. He says, be strong in the Lord. He talks about the armor. We'll get into that a, more, a little bit more in a minute. But understand, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our first battle is on our knees. Our first battle is in prayer. Our first battle is understanding that the church is not fighting against people. We're fighting against these spiritual forces of darkness. And when we see um, you know, all kinds of craziness going on in our world, we have to understand that there's a spiritual reason for that. And, you know, these people, whether we agree with what, whatever side of the fence you're on in politics, whatever side of the fence that we, we find ourselves in society on whatever argument or, you know, we want to talk about, um, the reality is we all need God. And ultimately, the question is not whether you were a Democrat or a Republican or whether we were white or we were black or we were Asian or we were Hispanic or whether we were you know, in this church or that church, or the question is, what do we do with Jesus? You know, did Jesus have a role in our life? Did we make him our Lord? Did we allow Jesus to have control? So, so it's a spiritual issue. But then Paul takes it a little bit further, and he starts to talk about the armor of God. And, you know, Paul was, was actually in jail when he wrote this letter. This was one of his prison epistles. And you wonder, there, there was a period of time when Paul was in jail, it says he was actually allowed to, to rent his own apartment. and But he had a Roman soldier assigned to him. So you wonder if Paul, um, 
you know, was looking at this Roman soldier standing over in the corner, keeping an eye on him, um, and describing the armor that he sees. Listen to what he says. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains, that I may boldly declare it as I ought to speak. Now, let's break down a little bit of what Paul's talking about here. And we'll probably... Um, you know, go aways today, and then we'll finish up next week. But when Paul's talking about, you know, the armor, he says, um, you know, stand firm. You know, one of the things about fighting, and I'm a martial artist, I've been a martial artist my entire life almost, one of the things about fighting, and I mean, that's one of the first things he says, he actually refers to it several times, he says, you've got to be able to withstand, you've got to stand firm. He says, stand therefore, having put on the armor. You know, one of the first things we teach people when we're teaching them how to fight, when we're teaching them how to practice a martial art, whether it's, you know, whatever type of art it is, I've trained in several systems, but one of the very first things we work on is our footwork. Because if your footwork's not right, it doesn't matter how hard you punch, it doesn't matter how good you are with your sword or the weapons or the knives or whatever, even in shooting, if your footwork is not right, there's a good chance your shots are going to go off target. So our footwork, what does that mean spiritually? How do we, how do we plant our feet spiritually? Well, you know, there's several things to consider here. Um, you know, in, in Psalm 1, it talks about being rooted and grounded in God's Word, having our roots go deep into God's Word. Um, you know, I think just the idea of being one of those people who is firmly committed in their faith. You know, sadly, too often in, in the church, I, I talk to Christians that are kind of a roller coaster Christians. You know, they're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. And, you know, a good storm comes along and, and knocks them over, you know, and then they're back. And, and, and look, God's got grace for everybody, but there's something powerful and being that Christian that puts our feet down, that takes a stand, that when the storms of life come, when we're in that fight, when we're in that warfare, our feet are firmly planted and we're not able to be moved. And this is really what we're talking about with, 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 when we're talking about our footwork here, being planted, having our feet firmly planted, is the fact that we're not able to be pushed back. We're not able to, um, you know, be moved. We're we're, we're locked in place. And then the next thing he says is, having put on the belt of truth. 
You know, I'm sure as he's looking at this soldier, he sees that belt that's holding, um, you know, his clothes. You know, basically, <laughs> we think of a belt holding our pants up. But the belt does much more than that. The, uh, the belt of truth holds everything together. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I loved to watch Batman, and Batman had his utility belt, and he had all those cool gadgets on his belt. And I imagine Paul looking over at the soldier, and he's got his belt on, and it's got the sheath for his sword. And maybe there's another place on there for a smaller dagger on the belt. Uh, maybe there's a place on that belt for a water bottle. You know, there's the belt not only holds the clothes together, but it also it's a place that holds the tools. But Paul says that this belt that holds everything together, that holds our pants up, is the belt of truth. Isn't that interesting? You know, the truth is one of those kind of almost elusive things today in our society. Uh, it seems that truth is kind of whatever I want it to be. Truth is what you want it to be. You can have your truth and I can have my truth. This group can have a truth. This group can have a truth. The interesting thing about the truth, though, is the Bible teaches there's really only one, and that's Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Remember the, the famous conversation with Jesus and Pilate. Jesus is standing before Pilate. He's trying to decide whether or not to execute him. And they're, 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 Pilate is asking Jesus, why are you here? And he says, well, one of the reasons I've come is to testify to the truth. And Pilate scoffs and says, what is truth? Well, sadly, it was standing right in front of him and he did not recognize it. There is only one truth. Now, there seems to be an idea in society, maybe you've noticed this, that if we scream a lie long enough, it eventually becomes true. Now, people may believe it if you scream it long enough, but a lie never, ever becomes true. And so for us as Christians, we need to be grounded in the truth talked about having our feet standing firm. Well, this is one of the things they need to be locked firm in is the truth. Um, we really can't fight effectively if we don't know what we're fighting for. You know, we go off in all kinds of different directions. It's been actually uh, amusing in, in, in some cases watching the protest, protesting different things and some brave reporters have asked some protesters, you know, what, what are you protesting for? And it's this wide range of things, and some people have no idea what they're doing there. Um, you know, it's very, very interesting. There seems to be no clear understanding of what the truth is that, that people are protesting or fighting for or standing up for. But as Christians, as Christians, we must uphold the truth. You know, Jesus said that we will know if we know him. We'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Now, that is, that is a powerful statement. The truth will set you free. 
But the reality is the truth will also make people angry. The truth will uh, get you hurt. The truth will have people lash out at you and call you intolerant. The truth will uh, earn you some enemies. Uh, the truth is a powerful thing. If we embrace it, it sets us free. But let's not make any mistake about it. The truth is also very dangerous because spoken uh, spoken out loud, man, oh man, you know, you, you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? How terrible. What a horrible person you are. How intolerant you are. Now, I'm not saying back down. I'm not saying we deny the truth, but we also have to be wise. You know, when you read the New Testament, grace and truth um, are usually spoken of in the same breath. And so the truth that we share, we never deny it, we never back down, we never apologize for it, but grace always precedes truth. Um, sadly, we've, we, we've used that belt of truth and we've taken it off like I can remember my dad doing to me a few times. He'd yank that belt off and then wear my butt out because... I'd said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing. And sadly, as Christians, sometimes we do that too. We yank that belt off and we want to beat people with the truth. Listen, the truth is going to help people get free. The truth is powerful. But let's make sure we wrap that truth in grace when we share it. Now, I'm going to stop there. We're out of time today. But when we come back next week, we'll continue to talk about are you ready to fight? And we'll continue to look at the armor that, that Paul describes here that is going to help us. Listen, this message, this, 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 these thoughts that we're talking about is designed for what we're dealing with today. How do we as Christians deal with what's going on around us? So I want you to tune back in next week and we will continue looking at this passage from Ephesians 6. Um, I'd love for you to go to my website if you haven't been there recently, davidspell.com. Make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. And if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you share it with a friend. Well, thanks for being with me, and I will see you next week on Leading and Learning.